0: Dr. Paul Peterson is here from the Mankato Area Public Schools to chat with us about things happening in the schools. Of course, summer's here, Paul, and you're not on vacation, however.
1: No, but I, I have to tell you, though, Karen, it's great to see you. Uh, uh, Fridays have been uh, kind of my my little getaway day. You know, at least been taking half days, some full days, and been spending some time in the garden, and Yay. a little warm uh, the last couple of days to to be outside, but uh been a great summer so far.
0: Did you get the rain we did? I know at our place here, just south of campus, an inch, and we were just—I was just like, "Hallelujah!" So uh, happy.
1: On my drive up here, Carrie uh, uh, called me and she said, "Hey, we've got an inch and three quarters." And you're in, in our—we're in North Mankato.
0: Oh wow, yeah. that's awesome.
1: Yeah. So that uh, that our flowers and our shrubs <laughs> and our grass. Much and, appreciated. And I
0: think the farmers, I mean, I think about the, when they talk million dollar rains, Ooh. it just, all I could think of was seeing how the corn was just withering and how hopefully this will get them past the point where, you know, it's silking and flowering and hopefully getting nice full ears and hopefully it helps.
1: I agree. When I was hearing that thunder rumbling early this morning, I thought, come on, rain, come on. Hopefully, I there's... was too.
0: I was cheering on the <laughs> rain. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, how are things going with the school? What's new? What's happening? Now, uh, we talked last, of course, last month, we talked a lot about the upcoming referendum
1: right and and you know I think that that uh, is definitely front of mind for our school board they um, have a few more weeks to make a final final decision on whether or not to move forward but that's that's something that uh, is kind of taking up the the summer months with planning and um, but since last time I was here we did receive our final community survey results on just what our community continues to think about facility planning um, potential referendum and you know, the big question that we want to make sure that we get right is how much can people afford?
0: Well, let's talk about that. What did that survey find? Because you're obviously looking at, was it a $110 million dollar referendum for possible this for this fall?
1: Right. Yep. And I think that um, the results that we got back in June, again, we've, we surveyed 400 um, random sample of likely voters within our school district boundaries. And the survey results compare really uh, favorably to what we heard back in January. Um, the the results were still within that margin of 110 might be pushing it um, 110 million. So I would assume that if, if if and when our board makes a decision on what the price tag will be, I think we'll be um, more likely into like maybe 103 104 million, um, and that really lines up better with what uh, voters are saying they can um, what their tax tolerance is right now. So. Good results, still strong, positive support for doing something. I think people have appreciated that, even though our school board has been planning for six, seven years on facilities, um, that we took a needed break in there during COVID, and just as things were maybe a little shaky and, and unstable with funding. But now that we're uh, kind of back on our feet, it it sounds as if uh, the time is going to be for this fall for us to do our campaign.
0: And I don't know that you can even answer this, but we're talking, if, if you're talking more like in the 100 range versus 110, that's 10 million of of what? What does that equate to?
1: Yep. And I think that, um, so for the average price home, the the analysis that we have in, in here in our school district... Mankato, North Mankato, Madison Lake, Eagle Lake. Average price home is about $250,000. And so we're looking um, at about 10 bucks a month, um, $120 a year. Okay, Seems to be a very comfortable, safe number that our voters, at least our polling, has told us that people can support. And so that would include the bulk of the items that are in what our board would consider their top Priorities with facilities and we understand that I mean like a lot of public institutions MSU same uh, mm-hmm. same challenges there are needs all over the place oh yeah but you have to prioritize those and even though we have the we have big big plans we got to be smart we got to take it one step at a time and so we we feel as if we follow the numbers and don't get too cute with the voters um we can get that 103 104 uh past this fall and then um start uh, start making those improvements to our sites.
0: But what is left out then with that $7 million or whatever that may not be a part of the plan? Because, you know, we're talking, we need this. Right. That's why we're doing this referendum. And so people are going to say, well, did you really need that? Because you can cut this much out. Yep. So, you know, you're going to hear that.
1: Absolutely. Uh, the board, the district leaders, and I think as we go out and share information about a referendum, we'll hear a whole lot of things. I just spoke at Kiwanis this past Monday and uh, just indicating that, you know, it's it's likely that this is going to be coming down the pike. And, you know, mm-hmm. and already there are questions about what's in, what's out. What's, to, to your specific question, Karen, about what might be left out of the $103 million referendum, interestingly enough, the board just two weeks ago started talking about the potential of asking a second question. Oh. And so providing voters with the opportunity to um, weigh in on that extra dola- those extra dollars that uh, might be left off of the first question. And it, those would really be specific to co-curricular student activity improvements, specifically for our um, outside uh, facilities, our stadiums, both mm-hmm. at East High School, West High School. Um, we've, we're in a competitive, high-quality athletic conference in the Big Nine. Right. And as we go to different sites and facilities across our conference, we hear pretty regularly okay. that we need to make sure that we're keeping an eye on Tottenham Field, Wor- Wolverton Stadium, um, for both east and west, and, and our kids and our fans have certain expectations about what they want to play on and what they want to um, what the, what they want that visitor and guest experience to be. So that is likely not to be included in okay. question one. Sure, but the board can make a decision on whether or not to make that a question two. Oh, okay. Um, And what's important about a question two is that question two likely wouldn't move forward unless question one was approved. Okay. You can't approve question two if question one goes down.
0: That makes sense, yeah. Yeah. So now with Thomas Park just having its big grand reopening, now that's over by... East High School. Do you guys utilize that, or is that a completely separate entity? Because I was, you know, under the impression that it right. sounded like, you know, because the coaches from East were yeah, part of right. that event, et cetera. Yeah, I appreciate
1: that question, and, and you're right. I mean, it's Thomas Park. What a beautiful improvement! Mm-hmm. And and, but it's really important for us to make sure that we're clear. That's a city of Mankato facility. Okay. Um, the East, the East softball field is incorporated in there. Oh, okay. um, we did have an opportunity to partner with the city on putting some turf down artificial turf for our softball field the cost was pro- prohibitive at this time and so okay. we but we've got such a strong partnership with the city you know we sure hope that uh, our east cougars continue to uh, be able to access those fields so they uh, do use them the, yep we we are able to use those fields and and especially now as as one of those is turfed we know that that will be high uh there'll be high demand for that sure. But uh, again, good partnerships, and it, yeah, it was great to see the Lancers out there and the coaches talking, and um, that project was a long time coming, and it, uh, it's beautiful.
0: I, I didn't see it. I just saw the pictures and that sort of thing, but I know they had the big grand reopening. That's right. And we chatted about that mm-hmm. with another person. Yeah,
1: so you think about it. I mean, when it comes to softball and baseball within our community, with Caswell up mm-hmm. in uh, Upper North Mankato and now Thomas Park really getting um, in, improved, You know, we, we feel as if we're getting in pretty good shape. West. We still need to figure out a long-term solution for West softball, um, West baseball. Um, there's always a need for better and um, just more... Fields because we got a lot of kids who play, and they don't all play varsity. You know, some of oh, them no. just, it's just recreational playing. Um, we just need to make sure that our kids have an opportunity to get on those fields, get get them scheduled, and that could be part of that second question of a bond referendum. But again, we want to work in partnership with our cities to make sure we're not overdoing it with um, things, and and also being really responsive to what taxpayers can afford.
0: Sure. Now, I don't think this is part of the plan, but I was just curious about pickleball. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, because
0: so many many older people are now getting involved in that craze, and I wonder if it is a craze. Sometimes I think like like tennis, when they built up a whole bunch of tennis courts and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. and you know, it kind of died out and, and things like that. Is pickleball courts a a thing?
1: Well, it's it's definitely a thing. It's, it wouldn't be a part of any of our um, outdoor expansion. Ideas is or it designs is act-
0: even an activity For kids any?
1: Uh, for kids So it's not a It's not a school Sanctioned okay, or Co-curricular it. activity But you know who knows? I, you know, the boys and girls tennis is is still pretty strong here in the Mankato oh, area. Um and wow, pickleball. You know, so I've never played, but I've had so many people say <laughs> you, know, you gotta try that.
0: My husband does and my and, <laughs> and actually Grant, my son. They yeah. they do it here at NMSU and they say it's pretty fun. Yeah.
1: So yeah, and there's more and more courts being popped up. You know, the pickle barn's now up, and I know that um at the new the new and improved uh, old location of Shopco. Yep. There's pickleball courts there. And um, heck, I've even driven by some homes where looking have, in their back, it's yeah. like, I think they built a pickleball court back right? there. Right.
0: Yeah. I um, was just, just popped in my head. Yeah. Like, I wonder. Hmm. So now a new initiative that just came out, the Mankato Area Public School announced the launch of a new initiative to improve communication hmm. and transparency between the district's elected officials and the greater school community on key school board matters. So there must have been issues why they felt they had to do this.
1: Right, so our school board, um, I, I still characterize our school board as relatively new. We had a you know election last November. We don't have any board seats open this coming fall, but we have some uh, relatively new board members, um, which means we have a new board, new perspective, and new vision. And I think we, there's a lot of enthusiasm at the elected leader level to make sure that they have ways to engage with, talk with, share information with the people who, well, maybe they voted for them, but maybe they didn't. You know, the elected leaders, whether that's city council members or school board members, have a, an accountability to their public. And so our board, led by the chair, uh, Shannon Sinning, and vice chair, Christy Shook, they've really dedicated themselves to making sure that open Honest, um, There's communication loops in place, not just with the superintendent or with school principals and with teachers, but with the public, um, with the the folks who elected them on the big issues of governance. I mean, if you think about what a school board does, they elect or they don't elect, but they hire a superintendent. But they are in charge of the finances. You know, the, the fiduciary responsibility is large, and our budget of over $140 million is, that's a, a big responsibility. They also are in charge of policy. Um, they set the direction, and they determine the voice of the school district on policy matters. And so I, I applaud our elected leaders. All of our board members are really, really committed. They understand that sometimes people aren't going to agree with the decisions that they make, but they Definitely want to make sure people know that they're there to listen, answer questions, and get the information uh, back to people within the system um, who can help them.
0: So, what does this new initiative do? How is it different than anything before? Because I guess I, I'm not sure what was open before, so I'm yeah. not sure.
1: I think what people will see is that the boards committed themselves to doing a regular board uh, update. It's kind of it's it's like a digital newsletter that will go out after each of their board meetings. Um, and it will provide some highlights as to what was talked about at the meeting, what actions the board uh, talked about, maybe some specific things that were discussed, uh, maybe some quotes in there. Um, that's That will be new. Um, the board also, over the last couple of years, has really committed themselves to holding regularly scheduled um, weekend conversations or off-hour conversations with parents and community members about the issues facing our public schools. The board really wants to make sure that they continue to do that. Um, The the school district is going to have a a new and improved website that will get launched here in just a couple weeks, and there will be a dedicated school board page on that website that will provide people with access to their email, their phone numbers, the ways that they can uh, get in contact with school board members um, and just have more of an interaction. You know, in the last few years, we, we had a lot of um, people during COVID that was, uh, that would come to school board meetings and talk during open forum. Right. You know, they get two or three minutes to right. kind of let it rip. That's not really an opportunity for a back and forth and for engagement. That's just where the board listens and then they move on to the next speaker, next speaker, and then they get to work. Um, and I think that the while that's an important function for the board to sit and listen, we also have board members who want to engage. Sure. And so that's really what this is about. And again, I, th- I think that it's smart. Um, it's smart governance work for them. And as they communicate the values and the vision and the mission of the district, uh, n- no better people to do that with within the community than those who uh, were voted in.
0: Whose initiative was that? Is it the school board themselves? or It was. Okay. Yeah,
1: it was. Um, uh, again, uh, our chair, Shannon Sinning, um, he is a highly connected person within our community. And in his conversations with other board members, Christy Shook, Patrick Baker, um, Christopher Kind, um, really wanting to make sure that there were avenues where uh, people can connect.
0: Okay. So how are, is teacher recruitment going? Because, you know, that's always been an issue that we talk about uh, for a while now, especially with COVID and things, yeah. um, getting parents, getting teachers, and you've obviously made some cuts. So mm-hmm. where are we in terms of getting what we need in the district?
1: Yep. So teacher, we're, we're feeling really good um, and we're in really good shape when it comes to our instructional staff, teachers in the ramp up to the 23-24 school year. Uh, we're continuing to be in hiring mode, but Mankato Area Public Schools is as a regional hub. We uh, thankfully continue to attract high-quality folks who are looking to get into a system that um, um, I think has a really good track record and people are, are wanting to get in working with their colleagues in the schools and working with principals to move student achievement forward. Having said that, it's really in the support staff um, area that our school district is no different than any others. It is, it is a tough go. Uh, we just had a exact meeting yesterday um, where we are. I mean, it's. I mean, look, it, it's only the end of July, so we've got plenty of plenty of weeks to go before the start of the school year. But we have a desperate need for paraprofessionals mm-hmm. um, to work at all different levels, from the most intense uh, students with special needs. Um, to uh, areas of people uh, tutoring kids on the side and working in uh, our media centers and everything in between. Mm-hmm. And so that will be ongoing. We're gonna try some different ways to make sure that not only with the jobs that we post, but also posting some of our wages, you know, mm-hmm. some of those start uh, well above twenty dollars an hour. Are um, these for
0: for Paris or yeah for, they yep. are. okay, because I know in the past it's been woefully low. <laughs> And right. For what they do, I mean, they are kind of the 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 link that keeps oh. a lot of kids safe and and involved and engaged, et cetera. Because no. I know our son yeah. had a pair for almost the entire his entire time in school, and that made such a huge difference.
1: Amen. They are a godsend, and we have talked about that here. Thankfully, through the uh, negotiations process, we have gotten in. It took a couple of years to get there, but we have gotten still still not where it needs to be for those folks who provide such critical service and, and care for our kids. But uh, we are at a place now where we um, at least are able to compete with Fast food chains, and um, you know when you see those billboards in town where they're, you know, offering fifteen bucks an hour, and mm-hmm. people are saying, "Well, that that uh, I'd rather work in a school, but I also have to pay the bills." Right. Um, we do feel better about that, but it's constant mm-hmm. recruitment. I was just talking with somebody uh, over the weekend where they said, "Well, I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do this fall." I, we're always talking about, "Hey, I think that you'd love to work at uh, Hoover, or I think you love Rosa Parks, mm-hmm. and so let's get you signed up and um, see what see what you think."
0: I know there are still folks who are hesitant to be substitutes that I've talked mm-hmm. with because of some behavior issues in the schools. Yeah. Are those getting any better? It seemed like a lot after COVID, kids came back and they were sort of out of their routine and dis—I uh, don't know—regulated or something. Mm-hmm. And there was uh, behavioral issues, and there's always the, the cell phone issues, and the kids just. Being more entitled, if that's the right (laughs) word to say, that I've heard from different folks who in the past have substituted and they said, I just can't do it anymore because I'm retired and and I'm not ready to battle because I feel like I'm having to babysit versus being Mm -hmm. there to help with education.
1: Yeah, I think the data, um, and while I would never suggest that we're completely out of the woods on that, the data would tell us that um, we're making significant progress. Number one, this past school year we had. Drastically improved substitute fill rates. You know, a few years ago, I think when you and I were talking, we had classrooms that were unfilled. We were oh, scrambling yeah. just to find adults right. to make sure that they were supervising, supervising children. Sure. So last year, our sub rates were high, high fill rate, and that was really good. The other piece of data, though, that I would share is when you look at student behavior in the 22-23 school year, the... Levels of suspensions, they were down. The levels of incidents that lead to suspensions, those were down. Um, now, that does not mean that we still don't have students that are coming in, maybe a little sideways, who need specific, explicit instruction on behavioral, you know, sure. behavior modification, and that's tough work. It it oh, yeah, really is, especially is. as a substitute, like you said, maybe a retired teacher who just wants to come in and help out for the day. They can give you a run for your money. <laughs>
0: Well and, and that's what I've heard different folks yep. say and and even when my husband uh, as you know he is a professor here mm-hmm. and for 3 weeks he filled in for uh, one of the science yeah. teachers who was on a, a special uh, assignment and for 3 weeks and he, he said you know it it, it was a tough mm-hmm. 3 weeks because there you know some some kids they they have their cell phones and they no nah, you can't tell me what to do kind of thing and I mean that's tough
1: Cell phones is uh, has 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 been a hot topic yeah it is a hot topic and just talking with our middle school and high school principals a week ago I think that uh, we're gonna we're poised and ready to make some changes when it comes to um, just access and Mm -hmm. the the availability of those phones during the school day Yeah, Um, time place and manner that that's what everything's about that with kids you know there's there's an appropriate time there's an appropriate place and in a a manner in which to do a whole lot of things in life. But school, uh, and and that includes school. And so as cell phones have continued to become distractions, yes, we want kids to learn the acceptable way to use a phone and access information and and all those good things. But there's more and more of our teachers and our principals who have said that has reached the level in the classroom and then in the hallways and during lunch and on the playground and on the buses that um, sensible... Parents, caregivers, teachers, and principals are kind of coalescing around this idea of maybe that pendulum swinging back to a little more—I don't know if the word's restriction—but just some expectations as to yeah. when uh, when it's appropriate, when it's not. Um, some of our schools use use that red, yellow, green light concept. Very simple. Like if it's a green light, that means phones are acceptable. Oh. Red light. <laughs> Out, you know, out of sight, out of mind.
0: Sure, sure. That that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, stop. Yeah, right. I, I was just wondering because that seems to be an issue so much. I mean, even with my own son um, who's in high school, and that at phone, I sometimes just want to mm-hmm. throw it out the window. It's like, can you put that down? Yeah. And, and it just seems like it's a, it's such an issue because they're not necessarily using it always to learn.
1: <laughs> no, no, and you know, and and so as schools, we have to acknowledge that. Okay, so we'll take a we'll take a run at tightening up on phones. Um, then technology will change, or the issue yeah. will change, and so you're always in a little bit of a sense and respond, and that's okay. Um, the maybe one of the best ways for us to address that is making sure that our teachers and our programs are highly engaging, highly informational, things that kids want to be doing, hands on, all that really good stuff that. I know that I know that Jeff is. I mean, he, he's known for that in his right. class, classes he, here on campus. He turns his
0: students into electrons <laughs> as he's teaching his class. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. So
1: I've heard. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so as that sort of concept of teaching spreads, where yeah. it's highly, highly engaging and not just sit and get, um, that doesn't completely eliminate issues like cell phones. But boy really dr- it drastically decreases it.
0: What about all the issues now with, with artificial intelligence and things and using what it's, What are the programs called that they yeah. use where you can uh, use it to create your own report? Just put some information in and then your report's done. I mean, how do you deal with that? Because even at the college level, they're dealing with that. You know, somebody turns in a research and uh, maybe it really isn't their own work per se. I mean, is that infiltrating at the high school level, I would assume, too. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, the, 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 all of that. Chat, GPT. Chat, there it is, yeah,
0: that's what I was looking for the word. Thank you.
1: AI, I mean, there there are many of us, I'm sure, and there are days in my mind I can go to, uh, do I do, do I need to give any sort of brain space to this? But the answer is, yeah, we do, because artificial intelligence will change, that will be a game changer, just with the whole concept of education. Of learning. Um, what is worth learning? What is worth knowing? Um, how do we access information? And so we as a system have said, boy, there are a lot of questions out there on AI, but we're, we we want to take this on. I mean, we're, we will not be an institution that says, oh, you know, we're going to shut it down and it's completely banned. That was just, that will be folly. That will. That will backfire, especially sure. when oh, you're yeah. working with kids. Right. Um, so we got to figure out, and I think as a society, we got to figure out how do we use this for good. Right. But it will change what we define as being, like I said, education and learning, because it's thinking that we can continue to do things the way we're doing it with that level of computer-generated yeah. content. Boy, that that will be a headache for people who just simply assign essays to kids and and if you and if your only response is Hey, make sure that you don't use chat GPT on this.
0: <laughs> oh, now I should. That, what a great idea. Right? <laughs> That's not going to work. Yeah.
1: So we're going to have to rethink it. And we yeah. don't have the answers yet, but we're uh, we're all for uh, reexamining that.
0: Well, you know, and I look at it. It's like the, the phone thing is an issue, and then this, this comes along. And, you know, there's going to be something else as yeah. well. And you look back when you and I were in school, which mm-hmm. is a few years ago. And it it really has. It has changed a lot. So sometimes even looking at how my kids are learning today, it's hard to understand, well, why don't they do it this way? But it's all changed. It has
1: changed. And there are definitely kids have changed over the years. But what hasn't changed are things like those good, strong community values, personal Mm -hmm. values, talking with kids about what sort of person do you want to be? How do you show up? Um, with your family, with your friends, with your co-workers. I think that's re- we, we need to make sure that we continue to ground our public schools. And I think in Mankato, we're really proud of the fact that, yes, all the academic content, knowledge, there's a lot of things that kids need to learn. But we also need to help continue to grow kids into being strong, positive people. And I don't know a computer that's going to be able to do that. And so for, for at least now, that's why we need high-quality teachers, administrators, support staff, working with our kids, and we're really proud of uh, the folks that we have here in Mankato.
0: Paul, how is the enrollment looking for this fall for Mankato Area Public Schools? Because, you know, that has been a concern, is decreasing yeah. enrollment, uh, maybe more homeschooling or going to other options, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Where are we at? I mean, because now I know you guys are doing the census because we right. had, we were asked to fill that out. Are you having, do you have a kid in school, blah, 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 all that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, great question, and I just spoke with our director of finance yesterday. I asked her this very question because one of the, the elements of enrollment – it's either projections or, uh, or what you got is just making sure that you're stable. And thankfully, our, our uh, central registration is saying we are exactly where we thought we'd be at the end of July moving into the school year. We've lost uh, you know significant students over the last few years uh, due to COVID and, and uh, you know, people, like you said, making different options for, for school. Um, but uh, we do really feel that that stability has now returned. We made a budget adjustment last spring, and um, the, the, the kicker really last fall was we were projecting more students coming in than showed up. And that's no way to build a budget or no, to, no, to projecting for staffing. Yeah. Um, this year we are on firm, uh, a more firm financial ground, and uh, we, we're gonna have filled, filled up classrooms, and um, we're, we're hoping to continue to demonstrate to our community whether it's on social social media or through uh, the more traditional media, the really good things that are happening in our schools, um, the innovation that's occurring, the sort of care and attention that our kids—all of our kids—are going to get from high quality staff, and um, we're really confident that over time. We'll we'll bounce back from those COVID numbers, but that's going to take a while.
0: Our, at one time were we at eight thousand students in the district?
1: Yeah, it, and we still are. Yeah, we're, okay. Yeah, and I think that there were you know probably five six years ago the district was well over eighty five hundred students it? moving okay. itself maybe towards nine thousand. Um, but when you look at our pre K through twelve grade programs. We're well over 8,000 kids. Um, And, you know, when you look at the housing that continues to happen in the region, within our community here in Mankato, North Mankato, Eagle Lake, and Madison Lake, um, those those, uh, hopefully are going to be young families looking for uh, great schools, and um, we've got them for them.
0: How was your graduation rates this spring? I was just wondering, you know, after COVID, we had issues yeah. and that sort of thing. I'm just curious, how, how did it turn out?
1: Yeah, they're really good. Yep. Okay. Both east, west, and central. Um, east, uh, west ticked up a little bit, w- uh, east ticked down a little bit, but still within that margin of um, high quality. Um, what percent are we talking? I'm just yeah, making. we're in the 90s. Okay, which yeah. is, what, can, what, is that
0: good for state?
1: Yeah, compared to the state, you know, the, and I think that the state has continued, some of the areas of the state have uh, struggled mm-hmm. coming out of COVID and just losing track of some of their kids. Um, we are Really blessed to have counselors and social workers and, and folks within our offices who track down every single belly button of a 12th grader <laughs> to see where are they. <laughs> you know, are, are they on track to graduate? Yeah, yeah. It's a mad dash to that finish line at the end of uh, May and early June. But, you know, when you see those kids walk across the stage, that that kind of makes it all worth it when you, you just know how hard it it has been for some yeah, and how exhausted the staff is. <laughs> <laughs> to, yeah. to make that, help make that happen. And
0: hopefully that's improving after COVID, you know, is is behind us. Mm-hmm. But are there still some online that are just doing online yeah, programming? And,
1: yeah, for sure. And, you know, the other piece that's directly linked to graduation is making sure that our kids have regular and consistent attendance. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. just starting in 12th grade, but starting in,
0: I mean, right. K through
1: yeah. 12th grade. And that's been something that we saw a big bounce back um, up to 74% of our kids had a regular and consistent attendance, meaning 74% of our kids attended 90% or more of the school days this past year. That number across the state dipped drastically during COVID. When you think about it, either kids were sick, they oh, yeah. were quarantined, they were scared, their families yeah. said, no, you're not going to school. Yeah. And so numbers were hovering well below um uh 70 80 90%. Sure. Those numbers 2 years ago were at 64%, now we're at 74%. We'll get ourselves in that area back up to 90 and then that will directly link then to increased graduation.
0: Good. I'd like to talk more. We don't we're out of time now, yeah. but maybe next month talk more about mental health and things that are being addressed because that's an ongoing issue of concern you and bet. I know you've been talking about more counseling and that sort of thing. So let's talk about that next month. But we've been chatting with Paul Peterson with the Mankato Area Public School District. He is the superintendent. And it's always great to chat with you and find out what's new in the school district. Thanks.
1: Thanks. Thanks, Karen.
0: All right. Thank you.